Welcome to the Garden Angelus. I'm Carol Michael from Indianapolis, Indiana. And I'm Dee Nash from Guthrie, Oklahoma. Hello, Dee. Hey, Carol. How are you? You got snow? Do you have snow? We have no snow. Oh, we have snow. Oh, my gosh. In Oklahoma. We have talk of snow, but I've not seen the first flake. Maybe I should explain about that. In Oklahoma, we don't normally get snow until December or January. But this year, we decided to do it in November. Nice. It's not that unusual here, but... So this is our second podcast. It is our second podcast. I'm excited. We have two unfinished business from the first podcast. Okay, so go with our first unfinished bit of business. Well, first, we, we talked about uh, forcing Lily of the Valley into bloom in January. Did you buy your your pre-chilled pips? Pips? Pips. I love that they're called pips. Pips. Yes, I bought my pips last, well, a couple of days ago. I bought mine. So they will be on their way. So now we can tell people the only place we know where you can buy pre-chilled <laughs> Lily of the Valley pips. Pips is at White Flower Farms. So go for it. Exactly. They usually sell out. Because we weren't going to tell yeah, them. Yeah, they usually sell out. <laughs> they do, because people really miss that scent. That was my best friend's mother's favorite flower. Oh, every, that's a lot of people's favorite flowers. So our other unfinished piece of business is, I was thinking a lot about the talking to plants and it helps them grow. Yeah. And they did the studies on tomatoes. Yes, with the earphones at the roots, and which is weird. What I couldn't understand is why didn't they do the study on corn? Why would they do it on corn? Because corn has ears. Oh, Lord have mercy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. I've been thinking about that all week and waiting to, to zing that one out to you. Oh, thank You're you. You're welcome. Good job. <laughs> Okay, what do you want to talk about first? Well, we do flowers, veggies, and the best. Let's dirt, do flowers, right? I like flowers. Do you want to go first? You want me to go first? Well, let's go with your flower because I got a veggie that's a flower and a veggie. Ooh, ooh la la. Okay, so my flower is the Thanksgiving slash Christmas cactus, which actually it's really a Thanksgiving cactus. You don't find. Christmas cactuses like you used to, and there's a way to tell the difference between the two. How is that? Other than the fact that, well, one blooms at Thanksgiving, the other one supposedly blooms at Christmas. But the deal is, and I tried, I worked so hard to get the botanical Latin right on this. Let's see if I did it. Slum, Schlumbergera. Yeah, you go for that. Like that. Schlumbergera. That's it. Yes. Schlumbergera. Okay, so Schlumbergera and... The way you tell that it's a Thanksgiving cactus is on the end of those little succulent leaves are points. If they don't have points, then it's a Christmas cactus. There's also another whole genus that is a an Easter cactus, but it's not Easter time, so we're not going to talk about the Easter cactus. My Thanksgiving cacti are blooming really well right now. My Thanksgiving cacti are thinking about it. They don't even have buds yet. They are lazy. Ooh, yours are lazy. Well, they may not bloom until Christmas. I probably watered them too much over the summer, babied them too much. Yeah, they like to have a dry period. They don't like to be fed much. But the truth is about those is they're not as cactus-like as other cactus because they do like some water. That's true. They're more like 
They're more like succulents. Succulents. I guess they are succulents. Okay, so what do you think? Is it cacti or cactuses? Um, I think it's cacti. What is it? I was brought up to believe it was cacti, but now it's a synonym. Like so much botanical Latin, you know, we were talking about this yesterday amongst ourselves. Um, Botanical Latin, because of DNA research, has changed a whole bunch of stuff. And it's hard to keep up as a garden writer with what's what. It is. So we all go do these huge searches before we write anything because we're scared to death somebody's going to come up and say, oh, no, that's wrong. It is. But the the same way with... um, with cacti and cactuses, there are now synonyms. Like, for example, chrysanthemum for a while was dendranthema, and now they've decided that it's it's a synonym of chrysanthemum. It's okay to use both. And I'm happy about which I that. I was like, okay, whatever. I'm going back to <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm going back to chrysanthemum so fast, make your head spin. Yeah, chrysanthemum is a lot easier than the dendranthema. Yes. So okay. if, every time I see the Thanksgiving slash Christmas cactuses at the grocery store or anywhere, I always look them over to see if there's a true Christmas cactus. Because if there is ever one, I'm buying a bunch of them. Yes, because they're very rare I know. now. And I've even looked online, and I, I just can't find a source. So maybe one of our listeners knows of one. They can email us at thegardenangelist at gmail.com and tell us where we could get a true Christmas cactus. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? I bet you somebody out there knows. In the meantime, we will just enjoy our Thanksgiving cacti and go on with our lives. Right. Hey, and you know what else the the Thanksgiving Christmas cactus reminds me of? What? You remember that the first movie, Walton's, the Walton's Homecoming movie that came out at Christmas? You probably were still a baby. Patricia Uh, O'Neill played the mother. Yeah, I know who the Waltons were. No, yeah. this was the original Barely. special Christmas movie that was before the series. Oh, no, I don't know about that movie. Do tell. Okay, so there was a movie that came out first, and then the series. And Patricia O'Neill Patricia O'Neill played the mother. And there's a scene where she's down in the cellar, and she looks in the window, and there's her Christmas cactus blooming. But I watched that a couple years ago, and the cactus was so plastic, I just burst out laughing. (laughs) Was it supposed to be blooming in the basement? Well, it was like in the cellar or something, and she just happened to see it, and it was blooming and beautiful, but it was so plastic, as I recall. Yeah, I think we should do a a whole podcast on how badly movies handle plants. Yeah, put that on the list. But I do. Th- oh, that sounds but fun. The, the Christmas cactus, Thanksgiving cactus, it is a great plant. And I think everybody's grandma had one. And so easy to, to break off a branch of it or those leaves or whatever you call yeah. them and root them and pass that along. And I. So for no other reason other than sentimentality, I guess, I always have uh, at least one or two blooming around Christmas time. What color are yours? Mine are pink. And white. Uh, Mine is kind of a orangey red, and then I've got a light pink one right now. Nice. Sometimes, sometimes I let them die. I, you know, me and house plants. But anyway, that's another topic too. But here's the thing: Christmas cacti are back in style. You want to know why they're back in style? Why are they back in style? Dirt. 
It's a little early for the dirt, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. Um, Because millennials and Generation Z, which millennials are in their 20s and 30s and Gen Z is before 20, they all like houseplants. And and not to disparage them at all, but they feel like they discovered macrame, which gives me the giggles because I was doing macrame with my mom as one of her passions when I was 13 years old. But hey, I think it's cool that it's back. It is cool. I I'm a little older than you, so I guess the macrame that everybody had a macrame hanger in their dorm room, and or a few people yeah. did. Did you have one? No, I'm too cool yeah. for that. Well, anyway, house plants are back. There Yay. you go. Okay, on to your vegetable slash flower. Well, my vegetable slash slash flower is actually the uh, saffron crocus. Crocus sativa. Maybe you should explain for. Okay, say that again. Sorry, I talked over you. Uh, crocus. crocus. So a saffron crocus is a type of crocus that blooms in the fall, and mine just bloomed last week, and the long red stamens are the spice saffron. So I planted mine in... And do you, Go ahead. Do you cook with your saffron from your saffron crocus? I haven't. I'm going to have to give it to somebody that actually would cook with it. It seems like fancy cooking. It's not fancy cooking. It just turns what you eat yellow. <laughs> kind of a yellowish red. I'll, I'll look up some recipes. I planted You should. <laughs> I planted them in my front garden so the neighbors would see them and think I had mad gardening skills making crocuses bloom in the fall instead of the spring. Yeah, because everybody's going to come and look at your yard and think they that because all I your neighbors it, are such gardeners. I put it right by where they walk by with their dogs. <laughs> Oh, I see. Well, hopefully none of their dogs urinated on your saffron crocus. I don't think so, because I picked them all and dried them. I picked them as soon as they opened. Oh, good idea. I think you only have like a day or so that you can pick it, right? Well. I've grown them before. As soon as I saw they were open, I rushed out and picked up all the, picked all the stamens off. I left the flowers. Some people just pull all the flowers and then dissect them back in their kitchens. Yikes. So, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. I just pull out the stamens and go on but, with my life. Okay, so just put it in rice. I'm now starting to sell like sell like our friend Ellen Zakos. <laughs> we should actually give them a shout out. They also have a podcast. CL Forneri and Ellen Zakos have a great podcast called Plant Rama. They've been doing it a lot longer than we yeah. have. And Ellen is quite the forager, so you're like her because you foraged your crocus. Yes. Yes, and they're easy to plant, but now you, they send them to you in late summer. You throw them in the ground, and then late fall, I guess it is now, up they come, and you pick up all pick all cool. the stamens. So that's my veggie okay, so flower. I, your veggie flower. Yes. Can I talk about a veggie real quick? Yes. Okay, the prettiest veggie, one of the prettiest veggies in the garden is Swiss chard, right? And it's one of the most beautiful, especially red Swiss chard, or one of the bright lights or neon. There's some different varieties, but they're very pretty. And um, I grow it every year because it's so beautiful in the vegetable garden. Yeah. But here's a secret. What's the secret? I hate it. I hate it. Have you- I hate it. I hate Swiss chard. So I just grow it and I look at it and I rarely eat it. But I ate it this morning for breakfast because I should. It's good for What's me. What's it taste like? I told my daughter it tasted like spinach with an attitude, a bad attitude. Well, it's related to spinach. Mm-hmm. Spinach tastes better. Than 
you're just you're just drawn in by the fancy colors which are pretty. I am drawn in by the fancy colors and they look really good with tomatoes. And the truth is, is you can grow them all summer, most places because, and they're a warm weather vegetable, which of course spinach is a cold weather vegetable. That's my vegetable. I, one I grow because it's pretty, but I still hate it, but I do eat it. Well, I confess I've grown Swiss chard and never harvested it either. So we should do another show on vegetables we have grown, but never harvested to eat. <laughs> <laughs> that's a long list <laughs> always feel so guilty if you if you grow a flower and just admire it but you don't pick it to put in a vase inside you feel no guilt but if you grow a no. beautiful vegetable like swiss chard and you just admire it and then throw it in the compost pen pen you're just like oh guilt you've thrown away food you're bad well that's why you get chickens oh because then you can give them the food and you don't feel bad. I think I'm going to get chickens again next spring just for that reason. Yes. To remove the guilt of not <laughs> eating your vegetables. Very nice, Dee. Very nice. <laughs> so, Dee, people are making preparations for Thanksgiving. It's next week. And so they, uh, they go to great lengths to buy a locally raised turkey and locally raised this. They go to the local orchard to get apples that were raised locally and all that kind of stuff. And then they walk into the grocery store and they pick up a bunch of flowers that got flown in from South America to put on their table. And that makes no sense. Well, it makes no sense for lots of reasons. Exactly. Among them is a lot of times those flowers that come from Ecuador and other places are sprayed like crazy and often sprayed when, like right when people harvest them and stuff. So not only are you getting yuckiness on you, but the workers aren't very well taken care of either. But anyway, not to put a guilt trip on anybody, but local flowers are a great thing. Exactly. So where where should people get local flowers or learn about well, them? Well, our friend Deborah Princing has slowflowers.com, and she has done an amazing job over the last, I don't know, five or six years at least – promoting uh, American-grown flowers and locally-grown flowers. And on her website, she has sources for nearly every state of where you can buy where you can buy flowers from people who are getting them locally or at least American-grown. And we Right. So a lot of flowers are grown in California, for example, in Texas, because of their warm weather. And so that's more local than, you know, South America. Yes. So our suggestion, the dirt is, go to slowflowers.com and find a florist that grows uh, locally sourced material as much as they can or American-grown flowers. And your table centerpiece will be beautiful, and it'll probably be a lot more healthy to be around. Yeah, no kidding. It'll be easier on you and on the workers, and plus, you help a farmer in California. And Lord knows we need to help the people of California right now. Exactly. So, and you know what? If you if you fail to buy flowers, you can always go get that Christmas cactus and put that on the table. Yeah, just plunk that Christmas cactus or Thanksgiving cactus down in the middle of your table, surround it with a few gourds, and go on with your life. Exactly. Or you could source branches in your own yard if you haven't had snow yet. That's true. Unlike There's me. some pretty branches out there. Uh, and pretty grasses. So you could do that, too. Yes. Yeah, I I haven't had snow, but I've had killing frost. It was down to 20 a couple of days ago. 
So there's nothing really to forge except maybe some 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 stems. I think it was 19 here this morning. You just have with to a be wind chill of like, don't you? <laughs> today, I guess I do. You know how it is when you snow that makes everything colder for a day or two until it melts. But it's already melting. I'm looking outside right now. Good. Well, Dee, what do you got? Is that it for today? That's it for today because I already gave you my dirt. All right. Well, that's the dirt. So we had uh, flowers, veggies, and all the best dirt. We now are on iTunes, Dee, so people can go and find the Garden Angelist on iTunes, and they can subscribe. They can leave comments. Exactly. Leave comments. We also have a website. We have a Facebook page. We've got Twitter. And I think we're also on Instagram. So come over and comment on us and whatever and ask questions. And we'll try to answer your question on the air. Do that. Okay, Dee. Talk to you later. Later. Bye. Bye. Bye.